This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, if EVs are going to be the dominant mode of travel in the years ahead, then the charging infrastructure needs will be vital. And we are now seeing different moves to position companies to lead in that area. Some of that is the charging stations themselves, but you also have to factor in the real estate needs to make this possible as well. Jim Hurlis is global real estate leader for electric vehicle infrastructure with CBRE. Jim, pleasure to have you with us today. Thanks for your time. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Thank you. And so this is the interesting component I don't think a lot of people have talked about much up to this point is it's one thing to have the charging stations. It's another thing uh, to have the space to be able to put them in. That's absolutely accurate and probably the number one conversation I'm having with a lot of our partners that are the charge point operators themselves as well as um, you know the, the real estate investment firms and property owners. Who I was going to say, who are those companies that you're talking with? Because when I think about charging stations right now, I'm either seeing them uh, at my local mall, a couple of gas stations, uh, see them along the Pennsylvania Turnpike. You know, we're seeing them pop up more and more. But when you think about the needs for this charging infrastructure moving forward, and you think about bigger cities like New York, Chicago, L.A., Philly, Boston, et cetera, you're talking about a lot of areas where you haven't had that 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 push into the infrastructure piece to this point. That's ab- absolutely accurate. And you know, when we look at what the goals for um, our, our government is today, is to have you know closer to 100% of EV sales or a much higher percentage of EV sales by 2030. That really is going to require estimates from the U.S. Department of Transportation around two million level two chargers and uh, and about 150 to 250 fast charging locations and opportunities to charge vehicles along those main corridors and highways, as you called out. Um, you know, the trend right now, as you're talking about where these properties are and where this real estate is, we see 80% of electric vehicle charging is taking place at the house. The others are really um, more opportunistic. And as we look at homes, um, individual homes that have more than one electric vehicle, that second vehicle is typically charging somewhere else. And that could be at a workplace, at the office, when they go into the office, or it could be at um, a a fast charging location that is nearby and convenient to their home. But having those archetypes or those different types of real estate opportunities, whether it's a workplace charging, retail charging at a grocery store, or at a Starbucks where there's a, a shorter dwell time, um, really help to deploy that infrastructure um, nationally that will also drive EV adoption and eliminate some of that range anxiety that a lot of EV drivers experience today or non-EV drivers um, will oftentimes reference that as the reason they don't have an EV today. So, so those conversations, as you alluded to, are ongoing right now, and there's more and more thought being put in by companies uh, whether it be you know what we saw last week with the partnership of seven automakers, or as you also alluded to, your local grocery store, your local Starbucks, et cetera, that this needs to be a component of their operation moving forward. Absolutely. I, we look at this um, opportunity to bring in this EV charging, this infrastructure into these locations, 
as an amenity for these retailers to distinguish themselves from other retailers. Um, when we look at the different types of retail brands, again, we'll, uh, we'll reference it, you know, Starbucks is a coffee place or, you know, even a Dunkin' Donuts, those are oftentimes typically where electric vehicle drivers would like to go shop for even whether it's their breakfast and their coffee um, or they would stop there along an interstate. Uh, it, it is a it is um, a brand that they associate with uh, more so than uh, other fast food type industry opportunities or industry brands. Do, do cities then get into this conversation as well? And I was thinking about this this morning, that basically we will be looking at a component of charging stations in big cities that will be similar to like parking meters. Yes. Yes, we do anticipate seeing that. And we, we see it in a couple of other facets when we talk about municipalities and cities. There's a conversation around equity and ensuring that people in under, underserved locations or portions of cities have the same access to this charging infrastructure, and that is going to be key. Um, you know, we look at more advanced EV infrastructure rollouts in, in Europe, as an example, leveraging things like light poles to power, off, uh, power up charging infrastructure. And, and those are gonna be a much slower charging opportunity um, than a level two or even a DC fast charge or, or the fast charging opportunities. But it's still an opportunity for people uh, in, in, just as you uh, referenced, if you were to uh, say it's like a parking meter, um, they would be able to charge at these lamp posts, essentially. What then are the, are the greatest challenges you think to having this effective build-out as we move forward over the next couple of decades? You know, power availability, delivering the infrastructure and the power to the actual physical real estate locations, especially when we look at fast-charging opportunities. The power draw that comes in to provide enough energy to, to charge multiple vehicles, 20, 25 vehicles, that could be up to, up to 10 megawatts of power. That is substantial amount of power drain um, and, and uh, from a, an individual substation. And oftentimes requires additional services to be delivered from a substation to that location, that charging location, whether it's an existing uh, retail shopping center, a movie theater, or even a greenfield piece of land that we're going to develop into a charging uh, a center for multiple DC fast charges along the corridor. Um, you know, that is one area that there, there are some, some struggles and challenges, but it's also one of the things that there's a, the most innovation that I'm seeing in the electrification process. Companies coming up with very unique ways of generating and bridging that power gap, um, whether it's through renewable energy uh, that's generated on site, whether it's through solar and, and battery storage, um, or if, if it's, it's you know, traditional microgrid type technologies, there's a lot of innovation that's helping these charge point operators and these ownership models to really be creative about how they're providing that energy um, that is not just reliant on the existing utility grid. Well, I was going to say, there's also the uniformity needed in terms of the, the connection uh, as well. Uh, and we're starting to see that more and more uh, of a focus uh, of making sure that you're talking about a uniform plug that would be able to work on a variety of different EVs so that you don't have to go searching for the right charging station <laughs> with the right plug. That's right. That That is another, uh, the adoption of NACS, the North American Charging Standard, 
um, by those seven OEMs has really been able to, um, you're, you're, I feel, open up the consumer to wanting to consider more electric vehicle um, opportunities versus that of a you know, combustion engine, knowing that you can leverage the existing Tesla network, which is the largest in the country for fast charging, knowing that yeah. we'll have more opportunities to charge with that consortium of seven OEMs that will be um, delivering 30,000 charging stations over the upcoming years. Well, the property that is uh, that are being the properties that are being used for these prospects, will they end up being bought or will they end up being leased? Which do you think is probably the better option at this point? From the charge point operator perspective, um, you know there, it's a business decision and the and the ability to uh, well the amount of capital that they have um, to deploy their infrastructure in some scenarios. Um, let's let's take it in two different directions here. One is on heavy urban infill opportunities, uh, say around the port of Los Angeles or even just in the general city of Los Angeles, San Francisco, large uh, uh, metros such as those, land oftentimes um, is too valuable to sell. Uh, that a lot of times those owners will would rather do a long-term land lease. Um, so we do see a lot of, of uh, certain markets where land leasing is more common than purchasing. Um, but we also, along, especially along corridors, uh, purchasing the properties of one to three acres is much more common. All right. Great to have you with us today. Thanks very much, Jim. All the best. Thank you. Jim Hurlis, global real estate leader for electric vehicle infrastructure with CBRE. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.